the thing that drives me nuts is the fact that they still got to skip the line. Sarah hates this. It drives me up the wall. Sarah, like, how is that the one thing that really hurts you in this movie? Because it's not fair. Other people are standing in line waiting for their turn. And then she, because she is a badass, walks up to the front of the line, gets the guy to do whatever she wants, and they get to go in the back. When there's like 10, 15 other people standing in line waiting patiently for their turn. Sandra Bullock fair. is going to spend the next 50 minutes lying to Betty White's face. And you're like, that's fine. Yeah. But butting in the line? Yes. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Yes. that's It drives me crazy. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you're here, you probably love romantic comedies. That's awesome. We do too. Let's be best friends. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? And before we jump into the podcast today, it's not often we start things off talking about uh, ourselves, <laughs> but I would be remiss if I didn't speak speak a little bit on the scenery of which we are uh, recording this podcast today. We were supposed to go yurting. We go yurting every winter. It's like winter camping, uh, a little bit of a nicer structure, and COVID-19 has unfortunately put uh, a dampener on a lot of those kinds of activities in our area. Uh, but luckily, Sarah's father has a cottage, and he didn't close it down for the winter. So that is where we are. We're lakeside. The lake is frozen, however. Um, I've got a wood stove crackling some burning wood behind me on the right. So if you pick up any of that in the audio, that, that's what's happening. We're, uh, it's really quite scenic. It's, it's quaint. I haven't seen another human being aside from Sarah in quite a while. <laughs> it's getting kind of weird. <laughs> and uh, But we brought our recording stuff here so that we could still record a podcast for you. And the podcast is... The, the proposal. proposal. It's a 2009 romantic comedy directed by Anne Fletcher. It grossed over 317 million dollars. Huge movie. Which is tons of money for a romantic comedy. It was the 20th highest grossing movie of 2009. Sandra wow. Bullock was also, yeah, nominated for uh, best actress at the Golden Globes for this movie. So the really? proposal, yeah. They never. Oh, I feel I know. like they never nominate anyone for a romantic comedy if you get a nomination <laughs> for a romantic comedy you did something amazing wow and i think we agree that Sandra is Bullock not was special in this movie absolutely that was not in my quick facts hey so, wow i'm hitting with you. you i'm hitting you with some early quick facts <laughs> so this is the story of margaret tate played by sandra bullock a golden globes nominee uh margaret is an executive editor-chief of a uh, new york book cu- publishing company margaret is also canadian um, she's like the hardest of hard asses, I think. The entire office is terrified of her. around this weekend. You have a problem with that? No, I, I, I just, my grandmother's 90th birthday, so I, I was going to go home and it's fine. I'll cancel it. But she has a unique relationship with her assistant, Andrew Paxton, played by Ryan Reynolds. He literally knows everything about her. Yep. And he, I, I think he manages up really well they have a fun relationship but but she's still that terrifying you know <laughs> demon spawn human of the office but then when margaret finds out she's being deported she comes up with an elaborate lie this isn't about my second raise is it margaret your visa application is denied you're being deported deported it's not like i'm an immigrant or something i'm from canada if you're deported you can't work for an american company if there was any way at all that we could make this thing work 
Pardon the interruption. Um... I understand the predicament, but there is something that you should know. We are, uh, we're getting married. Who, who is getting married? You and I. You and I are getting married. Yes. We are. Getting married. We are getting married. Yes. Can't fight a, can't fight a love like ours. So, uh, uh, are we good? Being that Andrew Paxton had actually proposed to her, they're engaged to be married. Yay! And to cement the lie as being as real as possible, they need to fly to his hometown of Sitka, Alaska, to reveal the engagement to his family, um, because there's like a U.S. immigration agent kind of breathing down their necks and cross-referencing stuff. So, so to everybody else, all these fam well, not all these families, Andrew's family needs to believe that the engagement is real, Margaret's employment staff need to believe that the engagement is real and the immigration agent needs to and they need to get to know each other and they need to write because he's going to ask them all these weird questions whilst in alaska there's you know a lot of comedic moments this city girl adjusting to life in a small town on a lake in alaska is kind of interesting and she also experiences some family moments which i don't think she's had in a really long time and perhaps along the way she discovers some love for Andrew. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, this movie is one of my faves. I love both Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock in this movie. Great casting, great lines. As a whole, really great movie. A great movie. Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, like you said, they play off each other perfectly. He has a special kind of sarcasm. Oh, yes. His delivery. His delivery <laughs> of his lines is is just epic. And having having Sandra as like the, the buttoned up kind of high strung character, mm-hmm. very comedic. I also thought the relationship was really unique. Um, I don't think we see a lot of character dynamics like this because she is she's the massive power boss. Everyone is terrified of her. And he is. But I also like that he doesn't really cower away from her all the time the way the rest of the office does oh he runs her shit he runs her shit like yeah when he's on the phone with gammy um and she walks over and he tries to fake that he's not on the phone with his gammy (laughs) and she calls him out she's like was that your gammy is that your family yes they tell you to quit every single day margaret tate's and it's kind (laughs) of like that's that's the relationship that we has like she she knows that he hates her yeah she is not the nicest to him and he dishes it right back. Yeah. Like, I love it. But they also, they, they kind of know everything each other is thinking, or at least Andrew knows what she's yes. thinking all the time. Like, they communicate so well, just based on hand signals. Remember, like, the first scene where, when they're in the <laughs> office together? And when they, when they go to fire Bob, which I'll talk more oh, about later yes. on, because I love that scene. She gives him, like, a hand signal, like an airport control person, and he responds with, Wait, we're going somewhere? Where are we going? <laughs> and it's like he, he just knows like that they can they can communicate that way. It's like a quarterback and a receiver. It's like you just look at each other and you kind of know what the other one's thinking. You do really get to know um, your boss when you're in an assistant position. Like I, I have been an assistant in my past and you do get to genuinely know everything about your boss. Like what they're thinking, what mood they're in, what they're <laughs> what they're wanting, like what they're 
Like if they need a coffee, you just kind of know if you're doing a coffee run, you also grab them a coffee. Okay. Until you got to coffee, you were describing this situation like caring for a baby. You're like, you know, like they just look at you and you know, oh, you got to poop today. You know, <laughs> oh <my laughs> like you got to poop right now. Okay. No, not, not that <laughs> in-depth uh, knowledge. But I do remember w- when you were an assistant, people would kind of ask you like, hey, how, how is so-and-so feeling? Like oh, I can't yes. get a read on them. And you'd be like, oh. They're feeling like this today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I do agree. Like you, you teed this up really well in that like she is really scary, a scary character to a lot of people. Yeah. But like you said, Andrew doesn't necessarily take her shit all the time. And as the movie progresses, it almost becomes the opposite where she starts catering to him a little bit. And I think that's because he doesn't always back down to her. Totally. And I think it's great. You, you do see the shift throughout the movie, which I always love. I always love seeing the shift throughout the movie. And I'll talk more about that with with Margaret and what what happens with her. But um, it is always nice to see that change because at the beginning of the movie, um, you know, Margaret is walking into the office and everyone starts IMing each other saying it's here or <laughs> the witch is on her broom. Yeah, I think Andrew says the witch is on her broom and everybody knows to get back to their desk. Oh, yeah. That right off the bat lets you know what kind of person she is. Also, the fact that her that Andrew spills her coffee makes the guy in the office swap shirts with him and pretends that that was, in fact, her coffee all along until she sees the barista's number on the cup. Yeah. She's like, was this always my coffee? And he's like, uh, yep. Yeah, it was. Well, then who is, uh, <laughs> and I can't remember her name, but side note, we have coined a word for somebody who makes us coffee in a coffee shop. A like, barista. Yeah. What were they called before they were called a barista? Like a, a, a coffee maker? A coffee. Uh, I don't want to call A cup them. swinger. A wench. Uh, coffee wench sounds good, though. Co- sure. Coffee wench. <laughs> don't agree to what me. Are That's we in a the horrible medie- Are we in the medieval times? Yeah. Like, good God. But it's like sandwich artists at Subway or a oh, beauty consultant at Sephora. Like, that's really, absurd. If you're you're just making sandwiches, well, not just. I mean, I appreciate the sandwich once I get it. It's always better to have a sandwich made by somebody else. Yeah, it is. I always despise the the sandwich artist thing at Subway. No offense to our Subway employees out there, but like that's stupid. I used to when I mowed <laughs> lawns. I remember one of my coworkers was applying for another gig, and he showed me the resume to be like, "Hey, does this look okay?" And I'm like. Why does it say lawn maintenance specialist on it? And he's like, well, that's what we are. I'm like, no, we're not. We mow lawn. We're not lawn maintenance specialists. Shut up. I hated that. Okay, but back to the office scene uh, when they're all IMing each other. So at work, um, we have an IMing system. It's basically MSN, but like a newer version that has video with it. Oh, my God. You have MSN at your work. Well, it's called, I think, Skype for Business. But we use it all the time. We've used it for years. Like, I I think how, probably 10 years. How close to MSN is it? Like, can you remember how people would put, like, the, the song lyrics in their oh. name? It would be, like, Devin. And then, like, I would always do a Taking Back Sunday thing. Like, um, the truth is... Oh, man, this is going to get so emo. And with my one last gasping breath, I apologize for... Oh, my God. Bleeding on your shirt. This is emo. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what everybody would do. But yes, people could put little like taglines. Oh my so, God, like, you can? Some of them, they were not, they were not music lyrics. Um, oh, you like have we did to. in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. However, people would be like happy days or happy Friday, everyone. Or like just really like, you're telling me stuff. there's no like all time low no. lyrics or under oath or the use. It really would or... not be workplace appropriate oh, I guess to do right. that. So like you said before, Dev, um, she and Andrew are fake engaged. 
He's obviously perplexed completely in that meeting and doesn't agree, but she blackmails him into saying that if he doesn't marry her, she won't publish his manuscript and will never become an author. Oh, that was horrible. Like, Oh, yeah. Th- there was a path where this movie goes where I genuinely... At that moment, I didn't think they should have ended up together because that's his dream job. He yeah. wants to work for a publishing company and she's blackmailing him. Totally taking advantage as her as his boss. Yes, but can we go back to the scene where she reveals that they're getting engaged? So she walks into the office with her two bosses and they reveal, hey, Margaret, you're getting deported. Sorry to interrupt. What? Mary called. She's on the line. I know. She's on hold. She needs to speak to you right know, away. I know. But I told you you were otherwise engaged. She insisted, so... Sorry. So... Uh, gentlemen, I understand. I understand the predicament that we are in. And, um, and there's, uh, well, I think there's something that you should know. Uh, we're, uh, we're getting married. We are getting married. <laughs> who, is, who is getting married? You and I. You and I are getting married. Yes. We are. Getting married. Yes. These moments like that with the two bosses and Sandra and Ryan and kind of like Sandra knowing what's about to happen. Yeah. And revealing it to Ryan Reynolds and him being like, oh, my God. yeah, and we're getting engaged. And him just sure. going along with it. Those moments is where this movie lives and breathes in my mind. Um, great romantic comedies. I think that they like find out what an actor or actress does best and they double down on that. You know, like. Julia Roberts, in her best movies, she's always just unbelievably charming because that's who she is. She's, she's always getting married. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes she's running away from getting married, or I don't know. Uh, Ryan Gosling is a perfect mix of like sexy and cocky. Absolutely. Steve Carell can be endearingly like real and funny and funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like just very relatable. And and Ryan Reynolds can sneak all these funny little awkward jokes in. While a Sandra Bullock is just intensely laser focused, I feel like those are what these two um, actors and actresses do extremely well. And this movie said, "Hey, let, let's just get them to do it all the time." You you could see the energy they're playing off of each other. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> so he's obviously perplexed and doesn't agree. But she blackmails him into saying that if he doesn't marry her, she won't publish his manuscript and will never become an author. Horrible. Horrible. Like, I, like, that's his dream job. She is basically saying, like, as your boss, you need to do this or else you won't have your dreams come true. The, there was a path where this movie goes down where, where at that moment I thought maybe they don't end up together or maybe they shouldn't end up together. But yeah. that was just scummy. Like, it was, it was. really bad. And luckily, luckily, uh, Margaret has this really arcing, like, character development um, swing from this moment where you get back to the point where you're like, ah, oh, but I do love her. Yeah, yeah. There is no point in the movie, though, that I hate her. I kind of, I love I, her. I love her character in the beginning, though, how badass she is. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, she runs this shit. She does, yeah. Her firing Bob was hilarious. But oh, this yeah. moment, I did dislike her a lot, and it, it swung back with the twist of Andrew forcing her to propose to him. Yes. Which was great. And then him being like, and also you're going to make me an editor. And also you are going to publish that manuscript if I go through with all this stuff. 
So yeah, they, they end up having to go to the immigration office to get it approved. And this scene is really funny for me. Um, she walks right up, butts in line, gets in, and finds out that the immigration officer is not messing around. Mr. Gilbertson is his name. Gilbertson. Yeah. That sounds like an immigration officer's name. He wants to prove that their engagement is, in fact, a sham. <laughs> Tries to admit that um, that they're lying, and she sneaks in that they're actually heading to Andrew Gammy's 90th birthday this weekend and um, telling his parents that they're engaged. I just... Hold on. I need to go back to... I. I Forgot that that was his name. That's a perfect name for like a hapless immigration agent. You know, like I think about the Matrix. You know how there's the whole like, hello, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. You know what that guy's name is? What? Mr. Smith. Oh, Imagine God. if he was like, hello, Mr. Anderson. It's Mr. Gilbertson. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have the same punch, you know? Yeah. Mr. Smith is very scary. Mr. Gilbertson is like, it's true. I can only assume you're a moron. It is true. No offense to all our Gilbertson listeners. Uh, I apologize, but I'm not going to be afraid of you. <laughs> Sorry. It's very soft. You're right. Yeah. It's yeah. very, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of like your pleasant neighbor. Like all oh, the Gilbertsons are in town this weekend. We'll go over for a barbecue, you know? <laughs> So they leave the immigration office after um, the immigration officer sets up a meeting for for Monday when they're going to come in after their Alaska weekend. But honestly, what bugs me the most from this scene, it's really funny. But the, the thing that drives me nuts is the fact that they still got to skip the line. Sarah hates this. It drives me up the wall. Sarah, like, how is that the one thing that really hurts you in this movie? Because it's not fair. Other people are standing in line waiting for their turn. And then she, because she is a badass, walks up to the front of the line, gets the guy to do whatever oh she God. wants, and they get to go in the back. When there's like 10, 15 other people standing in line waiting patiently for their turn. Sandra Bullock fair. is going to spend the next 50 minutes lying to Betty White's face. And you're like, that's fine. Yeah. But butting in the line? Yes. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Yes. that's It drives me crazy. Oh, Why does man. she get to go in the front of the line and get in just because she asked? And when there's other people waiting in line, it's just not fair. Sarah is fair to an extreme. <laughs> like if you, you know, when you're at an airport and they're like, all right, Rose, <laughs> Uh, one through eight can now start boarding and like 500 people start lining up. Sarah gets wild eyes. She starts looking around like, what? what? No, no, no. Whoa, whoa. They can't all be no, no, in no. rows one to eight. However, no, I don't think that that's unfair. I just think they're stupid. Right, okay. Why? When you could sit for another half an hour while the rest of your plane boards, why are you standing at the line waiting to get, you're not going to get on the plane faster. You either sit in the airport and wait your turn or you stand up there obnoxiously for the next 40 minutes, get on the plane and what? Wait for everyone else to finish boarding before you get to go? Why do you need to get on the plane faster than everybody else? You just reminded me of a scene from a show. Okay, I've got a question, though. Have you ever seen somebody attempt to butt and tell them to go to the back of the line? Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have. Of course when I have. When people are butting in front of me, I go, um, you know, we're all waiting. Get behind She's me. What's going over here? No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't recognize She's you. doing a no. chat and cut. Oh. So, really? Yeah, she's so feigning familiarity with someone uh, she vaguely yeah. knows for the sole purpose sure? of cutting in line. Pause. She'll be picking up a plate any second. You look, Watch. You're like beaming yeah. in life. <laughs> there, there she goes. Yeah. Uh, excuse yeah, me. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. First of all, congratulations on a great attempt at a chat and cut. Really good. 
99 times out of 100, that's going to work. Unfortunately, I happen to be on the line, so. Okay, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I just saw my friend. Yeah, I know a chat and cut when I see it. Okay, all right. Okay. Use this fellow, this poor innocent fellow, to sneak into the line. Do you even, do you know her at all? Well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, we met like eight years ago. I, That's yeah. Sarah. Absolutely. Sarah is Larry David. I guess so. I'm <laughs> I guess I am. I am Larry David <laughs> in that scene. Okay, they head out on their weekend to Sitka, Alaska, and they're on the plane. So one of my jobs in the past, I used to travel for work. There was a plane company that we used to fly on that was very similar to the one that Andrew and Margaret take to Sitka, Alaska. Oh, exact same style of airline. Yes. it. I believe it was probably the same design of some sort. Like, yeah. So there were 20 seats on the plane. We always used to joke that we used to get a window and an aisle seat <laughs> because um, there was only 20 seats on the plane. Oh, my God. And so you'd have a window and then the aisle would be like directly onto your right. I'd and be then terrified to you fly on those. Oh, yeah. Um, you could see the pilots like I could I could reach out my hand if I was sitting in the front seat and touch them if I wanted. OK, that's not OK. <laughs> yeah. Like they flew in basically any type of weather. We always knew we would be able to get home or like whatever, because if there was bad weather like they this would, sounds they would still horrible. Go. Um, I've never flown this airline, obviously. You know what? It, it's really it's a really good airline. Like oh, I stop it. I would get nauseous though if there was too much turbulence. We'd land and I'd be like, oh my god, I might need a barf bag. But yeah, window and aisle seat every single time. You can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew and Margaret, they're they're flying into Sitka. Yes, they are. Do you remember the moment when um, Grace Paxton and the Gammy? Meet Margaret. I do, in fact. So that is Mary Steenburgen. Yep. And Betty White. They walk up, and Betty White, who was a perfect addition to the movie as Gammy. Oh, yeah. Her delivery of the Satan's Mistress line. <laughs> yeah. Were you going to talk about that? Yes. Do you prefer Margaret or Satan's Mistress? <laughs> because I've heard both. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. And that's like Betty White is the only person who can deliver that. Oh yeah. In the same way. I was shocked. No. Oh, yeah. Like they all know in the family that she is a like a something else. Yeah, and Spitfire. She's, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It but I think everybody knows one of those grandmas who's a little bit kind of belligerent in their old age like they're no just gonna filter. say what they want what's that no filter that's yeah, what no my filter, exactly. that's what my grandma used to say like oh i'm at the age where i have no filter and yeah. i'm like well like you still have to be careful what you say like and, you can't just <laughs> let it all go <laughs> and betty white is the embodiment of that mentality to the max totally like are you satan's mistress or margaret <laughs> <laughs> which i've heard i've heard both oh my god so speaking about mary steenbergen she always always plays a mom in every movie yeah can you guess the movies in which she's played the mom well four christmases we did not that long ago she was the mom in that yes she was Ooh. i want to say there was something with steve carell elf whoa she was the mom the most recent um holiday movie happiest season she played uh the mom in this as well okay Step Brothers. I can't oh, believe you didn't yes. get this one. Catalina oh, so Wine good. Mixer. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> There's so much room for activity. <laughs> um, she also plays the mom in the TV show uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Oh. Yeah, that started last year. So this is, I think season two is coming out soon. Right. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few as well. She has played the mom in so many movies. And I have to say, whenever I see her, I'm like, oh, 
I love her. Like, she is such a good mom character in everything she plays. Like, it is perfect. Absolutely. It is the epitome of a mom. I thought she was in 40-Year-Old Virgin with, um... No, I don't think think so, no. no. Oh, my God. Catherine Keener? Come over here and look at this woman. Okay. Catherine Keener, not Mary Steenburgen. No, but close. (laughs) So after the whole scene with Betty White calling uh, Margaret Satan's mistress, should we just call Margaret Satan's mistress the rest of the... We could, yeah. (laughs) Um, So they soon are ushered into a welcome party where Andrew announces that he and Margaret are in fact engaged to be married. Of course, he does this in the spur of the moment when his dad pisses him off. Which, I don't know if that's the best idea to do that then. But anyway, um, Margaret spits out the app she's eating. And Andrew's ex-girlfriend, Gert, is there. Who asks to hear the proposal story, which is such a fantastic scene. About how you proposed. I actually would love to hear this story, Andrew. Would you tell us? Margaret loves telling the story. So I'm just going to let her go ahead and do that. Okay, well, um... Andrew and I were about to celebrate our first anniversary together. And I knew that he'd been itching to ask me to marry him, and he was scared, like a little tiny bird. So I started leaving him little hints here and there because I knew he wouldn't have the guts to ask. But yeah, that's not exactly how it happened. No? No. Hmm. no. Yeah, that, it, once again, it's back to the, the Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock they play off each other so well in this movie. That scene also gives us the, there, there are so many like, oh my God, hey, it's that person. Moments in this movie, like yes. Andrew's mom, we already talked about, Mary Steenburgen, Betty White, of course. Oscar Nunez is yes. the person Margaret spits the hors d'oeuvre onto. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, plays, a, um, he plays one of the caterers, catering staff. You know him from... The Office as Oscar. Even, um, I'm going to mess up her name, Malin Ackerman. You mentioned Gertrude? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She, she's another one of those people where it's like, oh, hey, like you're, you're in stuff. She was in uh, the movie The Watchmen, which was a pretty big deal. She was. She's been in some other really, she's been in a, a few rom-coms as well. She's been in a few movies. But it, once again, it's one of those people that you're like, I know you. Yeah. And I just don't really know where, but I definitely know you. I don't know if you caught this, but in the, one of the background characters, Michael Mosley, he was in he was in shows like Criminal Minds, Titans, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, Fear the Walking Dead, uh, Castle, Longmire. Long 30 hour. rock pan am happy endings like he was in a whole bunch of stuff and i recognized him right away i was like oh my god i know that guy and there were some really low-key cameos in this movie i mean oscar from the office that's a huge. plus totally. i like oh man no matter what he did for the rest of the movie i was gonna smile every time he was on scene because i'm like that's ah, it's, that's oscar guys can we talk about the baby making blanket oh yeah um but you know what I mean, I know she has a real name. She's Gammy in the movie. Grandma Annie. But which we, which is cool because it is really Gammy. Gammy. Can we just call her Betty White, though? Because I feel like she's not acting in this movie. She is just being <laughs> Betty White. She is the real life Betty White. Is it cool if, you know, Margaret is Sandra Bullock, Andrew Paxton is... But, like, Betty White is Betty White. Sure, okay. Movie. So let's just call her Betty Okay, White. so Betty White has a fertility blanket that she essentially believes that will bring good luck and fertility to anyone who sleeps with it or under it. Uh, that's, that's weird. But then again, they're engaged well they are yeah and they 
have to share the same room, which is funny in itself because they really don't know each other that like if you knew somebody in the workplace only and then you had to fake an engagement with them and end up in the same room having to sleep together like that's mm. that's awkward. I didn't realize till just now as I was thinking about it that is pretty awkward. You know what? I'm Is it weird that I don't think it's that awkward? Maybe I, guys are just different, but it's like I, I don't really care about sleeping beside somebody in the same bed. That's not weird for me, you know. Well, under a fertility blanket that was given uh, by yeah, Betty under White? the. I mean, we're gonna throw the fertility blanket off. The, <laughs> off the bed. That's weird. <laughs> okay, what would you do if you met your significant other's parents or grandparents for the first time and they offered you some sort of fertility object? Well, I mean, my mom kind of did that. Oh, she did. With, you know what? She doesn't listen to this podcast. Let's throw her right under the bus. With, I don't think it was the first time we met. Like no. you met her, but no, no, it wasn't the first time, but it was mistletoe, right? She loves Christmas and she got this like ornament that you hang much like a mistletoe. It's like this weird crystal thing. It's a it. very, it's beautiful. It is really, really pretty. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, But then she like, it still had the tag on it. Oh yeah, it did. And she realized that the tag uh, said, hey, this is like, um, <laughs> apparently supposed to bring good luck and fertility, fertility to your lives. <laughs> it did. And she, she did bring it up. I, I think she brought it up being like, hey, this is a nice ornament. I want to give it to you. Heads up, though, it says some weird shit. Yeah, all things aside, <laughs> this is just a really nice ornament. Yeah, and I don't think she go. meant it to be a fertility no, thing. No, no. But then she realized what it said, and she was just like, you know what, guys? Ignore it, but I didn't want it to be awkward if you saw it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does say that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was great. They kind of have a bachelorette party for Margaret by taking her to the local pub and have some late-night entertainment with Ramon the stripper. Ramon is also the stripper. As Grandma Annie says, or sorry, Betty, Betty White, White, he is an exotic dancer, the only one on the island, so yeah. they're lucky to have him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a bit of secondhand embarrassment here. For, for Ramon or for Margaret? For Margaret. Oh, okay. Like, it's just it's just really awkward. I mean, Ramon really likes Margaret in this movie. Oh, like, he loves her. Yeah, loves her. Like when she's on stage and she has to smack his butt? Oh, my God, yes. And he keeps, like, bringing it, bringing it away and then bringing it closer. And I'm like, oh, my God. I've got a question. Okay. Have you... <laughs> Are you nervous about this? No, not at all. Have you ever been on stage at no. a uh, a club where people not. lose clothes? Okay. I have not. Have you ever been uh, very, very close to uh, a male who might be taking off his clothes in a suggestive manner? I don't think so. Around other people. Okay, no. All right. Yeah. Your bachelorette's going to be great, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of firsts, I feel. <laughs> Uh, but we do find out, though, that Ramon does everything on this island. He's the island stripper. Yeah. He works at the hardware store. <laughs> Can we call him the island stripper from yeah. now on? That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. So Ramon is now known as the island stripper. The island stripper. Um, he works at the hardware store. Yes. You said that he also uh, was the caterer. He's the caterer. Or he works as, you know, one of the staff. Um, I was surprised to find out, though, that he didn't work at the Internet Cafe. Like, I felt like that was kind of right up his alley. Yeah. He should have, yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah, it was like the one place that they go to in in the in town that he does not work. The that's that's a funny trope that happens in a lot of um, shows or movies set in a small town. Doesn't that happen in Gilmore Girls, it where the one guy just has yes, every job? Kirk. Yeah. Kirk. It also happens in Schitt's Creek. He's Wait. the real estate agent. He, oh yeah, yes. yes. Oh he my does god. A whole, he's a photographer. Guy. He does like a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It happens so in funny. a few movies. And you're right. It's all kind of in like smaller town settings. Okay. So one of the best scenes in the movie, it's not my favorite scene, uh, 
it's not my best scene, but it's the bathroom naked scene. Oh, I've got so much. Okay, so when neither of them know each other are actually in there and Margaret finds out she didn't bring a towel into the bathroom with her to shower and Andrew comes in from working outside, I guess, she strips naked on the balcony. That's pretty cool. Like, can I have a house like that where I get to strip naked on a balcony and no one sees me? Like, that's legit. That is legit. And it's like he's got his headphones in, so he can't hear that Margaret is in the washroom. She's she's yelling like, hello, dealing I'm in the Kevin. shower. Right, right. Dealing with the dog. Yeah. And she's completely naked. She grabs a hairdryer to blow the dog away. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's really funny. But here, I've, I've got a question for you. So she's naked. She's got the hairdryer in one hand. Yeah. And she chooses... To cover her top half. Yep. Okay. Now, I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never get into this issue. There's there's only... You only have one area to cover. You only need one hand. For a girl, do you protect the top or the bottom first? I think it depends how comfortable you are with letting your top all out. Okay. However... I would think bottom is... Well, you can cover it with your legs by crossing your legs. You can cover the the needed area pretty well by, by crossing your legs. And then you could use your one arm to um, cover your the top half and then you could use the other hand to fight back the um, the dog the dog Kevin right. okay okay so she was doing it right is what you're saying I think so I mean yeah because when if somebody were to walk in I think their eyes would immediately go to the boobs <laughs> if Sandra Bullock was naked in front of me where do my eyes go first I'm trying to take in as much information as I can in that moment they're going everywhere wow it's Sandra Bullock okay it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> Never going to see that happen. Uh, so that scene climaxes with Andrew getting naked on the deck to take a shower, like you said. Ooh, still ooh. has the headphones in. Margaret, still naked, is kind of scurrying away yeah. from Kevin, scurrying away from the shower. And their bodies collide they do. naked. The comedy here is maximized by the fact that their bodies essentially, like, they kind of go limp. They, like, they collide, do, they, they do. smack together, and it's like they turn to water. They just kind of, as they realize what's happening, but they're still falling on top of each other. I always wonder how many times they have to do a scene to get it right, but it was really well done. I also wonder, I don't know if this is in your quick facts, but what do they do to protect themselves? Like, I, I would assume he's wearing, like, some some uh, skin-colored underwear yeah so that his junk isn't like flying into her junk it is part of a quick fact okay um they do they are wearing protection um however it tends to fall off while filming oh no yeah they became quite familiar with each other so imagine being told that you're going to get married the following day by your in-laws and parents and when you go dress shopping and you try on grandma annie or sorry betty white's wedding dress (laughs) the dress is super cool because it's really old um what is it cool well i it's very vintage very vintage um when betty white tries to find her boobs (laughs) oh my god these lines in the movie kill me it's like an easter egg hunt the amount of small boob jokes i mean i'm surprised (laughs) she didn't bring up the itty bitty titty committee yeah it was also but i mean at that moment we get Betty White giving Margaret yes. the necklace. The family heirloom. The family heirloom. Mm-hmm. That and was we, touching. Th- that, that's part of Margaret's character arc where she obviously hasn't had many experiences with family in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years because her parents passed away when she was younger. Yeah. And you can kind of see her softening a little bit. She's realizing that this lie that her and Andrew have, it's 
it's affecting other people and it's affecting really genuinely nice people, yeah. loving people. And yeah, I, I thought this was this getting to the point where Margaret has this great redemption arc where it's like, no, we love Margaret. She's great. She does have a conscience. Yeah. Or she just needed to find it again. Yeah. Turns out, though, the dad gets a call from Mr. Gilbertson. Mr. Gilbertson. <laughs> and he decides to fly him up there. Andrew's dad and Mr. Gilbertson give Andrew one last chance to dip out of the fake marriage and say it's all sham. But he sticks with it. And the following day is the wedding. I think at this point, Andrew is falling in love I with Margaret. So, so cute. So, like you said, Margaret feels so bad because she's always wanted to feel loved by a family and hasn't in so long and have people love her. And she's oddly enough found it with Andrew's family. Um, so she feels bad and she leaves in the middle of their wedding ceremony, tells everyone at the ceremony that she was using Andrew to stay in the U.S. and calls it off. Yeah, she she completely comes clean. I find it interesting how th they're both falling in love for each other and they both react in different ways. Totally. L like Andrew's reaction is, okay, like let, let's actually go through with this. And her reaction is, I don't want to hurt more people. So we should call it off. I think it's probably the best case scenario though, because don't go into a, first off, fake marriage <laughs> when you both love each other, but you haven't told each other that. And then like it being a sham, right? Like I don't know if they would have believed each other if they actually told each other they loved each other after the wedding you know yeah it wouldn't have the same meaning yeah exactly and then then we have one of the best scenes when andrew gets back to new york and margaret is clearing out her office space and andrew comes back and he has this big culminating moment where he's basically like shut up margaret i'm gonna tell you I how it is that scene. three days ago i loathed you I used to dream about you getting hit by a cab or poisoned. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, I told you to stop talking. Then we had our little adventure up in Alaska, and things started to change. Things changed when we kissed. And when you told me about your tattoo. Even when you checked me out when we were naked. Naked? <laughs> well, I didn't see anything. Yeah, you did. But I didn't realize any of this until I was standing alone in a barn, wifeless. Now, you can imagine my disappointment when it suddenly dawned on me that the woman I love is about to be kicked out of the country. So, Margaret, marry me. Because I'd like to date you. It's it's like strangely, I don't know if it's an iconic quote movie like um, monologue or whatever like ro romantic comedy monologue, but it's it's pretty up there for it me. Is. It's just because it's Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. They're so good together. Well, and it's a little it's a little modern, right? Like they recognize that you know they're in love, but they're not going to get married in thirty six hours like they did in Runaway Bride. Yeah. You know, like they actually need to date and get to know each other before they marry the love of their lives. Yeah. You know, the end credits in this movie. Yes. So good. So then so they decide, good. let's get married. Yeah. And then Officer Gilbert Gilbertson, Officer Gilbertson is like, all right, well, let's do it then. I love it. They quiz everyone in their family. When did you first start to date? Last week. Is that going well? So far, it's great. Thank you. 
What kind of deodorant does Andrew use? Men's speed stick. What flavor? Musk, Alpine. Was it love at first sight? No. God, it's good. Why did we stop doing that? Like, a lot of movies don't do that anymore. Yeah. I'm always waiting for them. I always want them. And I mean, sometimes like Marvel, sure, you're going to do the end credit scene that leads to another movie. Fine. I don't get bloopers, but I get something that teases something else. Fine. I'll accept that. But there's got to be something during or after the credits that gives me a little, hmm. Are we on to quick facts? We are. Hit me. Betty White was actually thinking of turning down the role because it would require her being away from her golden retriever for 10 weeks. Oh, Betty. So guess who was the first choice to play Margaret in the movie? Oh, it's 2009. I need somebody to star in a movie who can be harsh and angry, but lovable in the end. Not thinking Cameron Diaz. Maybe an Ava Mendez. It couldn't be Julia Roberts. It is Julia oh Roberts. Oh my God, it's Julia Roberts. She wouldn't take the pay cut though, so Sandra Bullock took over the role. This was the second movie in which Julia Roberts was offered the lead role but turned it down and it went to Sandra Bullock. The was- other movie is The Blind Side, which Sandra actually won an Oscar for Best Actress. I was going to say The Blind Side. I could definitely see Julia Roberts in that. Yeah. So they were. she was offered both roles. And she wow. Them so back. Sandra yeah. Bullock is just... Picking up Julia's garbage. Hey, you don't want that? I'll do it. I'll get nominated for stuff. And win awards. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, she does it pretty well. Sandra and Ryan initially felt awkward shooting the bathroom nude scene, said they both quickly felt comfortable, even sometimes while filming their protection fell off. Sandra said in an interview with Entertainment Tonight that she had no problem with the nudity, that the film needs my nudity to be funny. (laughs) So the subtext here is that Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock their junk may have actually collided. They've definitely seen each other naked. Yes, their protection has fallen off and they've looked at each other. They've they've naked. seen. Hey, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you notice throughout the movie, as Margaret becomes warmer, her hairstyles go from a slicked back ponytail to wearing it down. Oh, I thought you were going to do a clothes thing. I was no. watching out for her clothes changing. But it, I mean, if you notice, it does. It did kind of change. It went. Uh, she became very much more relaxed. Yeah. Throughout the movie, in an interview, Sandra Bullock said that she knows why the proposal was her biggest box office opening yet. She joked that it was because she was naked. She went on to say, I'm going to be naked in every single film. Can you imagine me at 70? Zac Efron doing a big film. There I am running naked in the background, just back and forth until somebody notices. Big box office. (laughs) They're all going to want me in their film. When they're in the immigration office, on Mr. Gilbertson's desk, there is a copy of U.S. Citizenship for Dummies. Oh, that's funny. I don't know how these books for dummies make it into so many episodes of our podcast. (laughs) The movie was actually shot in Boston on, and on Boston's North Shore and not in Alaska. The snow-capped mountains were added in digitally after, and the movie was shot in April, which is the off-season for tourists. Well, this is horrible news. <laughs> <laughs> I thought those were such picturesque mountains. I know, me too. When Margaret falls off the boat and swims to the red buoy, the number of it is 27. All red buoys have even numbers and all green buoys have odd numbers. So you're saying it was numbered incorrectly? It was. Why? I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) They must have put the marker there, like that number there for the movie. Mm. Mary Steenbergen and Craig T. Nelson play husband and wife in this movie. They also later appear together in the movie Book Club in 2018. Oh, interesting. 
In this movie, The Proposal, and in the movie While You Were Sleeping, both weddings were fake, and Sandra Bullock's character was gaining something by getting married. In this movie, she was able to stay in the U.S., and in the other movie, it was to gain a family. Best scenes. I have uh, a few. What? I only picked one. There's so many, though. I couldn't oh choose. God. It's got to be Firing Bob. Firing Bob. Oh, that's Fire. a great one. Oh, this my happens God. like 10 minutes into the movie. Margaret tells Andrew, or she signals to Andrew, <laughs> yeah. to walk with her. They walk into Bob's office. Andrew, here's what I like. Andrew clearly has no idea what's happening. They kind of mosey on in. Bob says, please help yourself. Um, and Margaret cuts right to the chase. She blurts out, Bob, I'm letting you go. Bob, I'm letting you go. <laughs> and then uh, and Andrew like realizes what's happening, Button? quietly Asked closes the door. times to get Frank to do Oprah, and you didn't do it. You're fired. Bob and Margaret have a little discussion about his removal. And then Margaret and Andrew leave. And what I love the most about this movie, and what I love most about this scene, is how in tune Andrew and Margaret are. And we chatted about that earlier, but Margaret starts walking down the hallway. She asks Andrew, what's he doing? What's his 20? He's moving? He has crazy eyes. Andrew immediately replies because he was already watching what Bob was doing. So it's like they already had a game plan. They didn't need to say what was happening. In fact, Andrew was blindsided. He didn't know this was happening, but he knew as soon as they walk out the door, my job is to watch and see what Bob's doing. And he says something like, ooh, Bob's moving. Oh, he's got crazy eyes. And then we see the the scene pans to Bob, and he is kind of pacing around, like, really eccentrically. And... And then we get that monumental throwdown. But this really... Listen carefully, Bob. I didn't fire you because I feel threatened. No. I fired you because you're lazy, entitled, incompetent, and you spend more time cheating on your wife than you do in your office. And if you say another word, Andrew here is going to have you thrown out on your ass, okay? Another word. He knows her so well that even when she blindsides him and like, surprise, I'm firing this guy, he knows what his role is in that situation. He knows exactly what she needs him to do to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. They really are on the same page in a really strange way. I also had a really hard time picking my favorite scene in this movie, Mm -hmm. Um, but I went with uh, the one where uh, Grandma Annie, Betty White, and Margaret are giving thanks around the fire. And Grandma Annie says the loins be abundantly fertile. Your loins be abundantly and then Margaret fertile. starts singing and dancing to get low by little John oh, and the East Side Boys. But, uh, oh, these kids are down to the window, the window, to the wall, to the wall. It always it always makes me laugh. It is um it's a really good scene for Betty White in this movie. Um yeah, God, it's funny. Well, like every good romantic comedy needs that one moment. You know, the you had me at hello, the I'm just a girl standing in front of a... And I think that moment is... Sweat drip down my balls. All you mean? <laughs> like, is that, what, is that what it is? That's what this movie it's not has. not quite as quotable. Uh- <laughs> Let's all sing it together. <laughs> all you to the window! Like... <laughs> But it is like to the wall. If you say like the proposal, I immediately think Bob getting fired. And I think I do think that this scene is iconic in its own way for this movie. Yeah. Like I think of this movie. I think of that scene. It, right. It's what you remember. Right, right it away. is. It is. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. So my honorable mention is the character arc that we go on with Margaret. I know we talked about it a little bit uh, before, but 
I think that kind of thing can only be pulled off by, oh my God, this is funny. I had it written down by a Sandra Bullock or a Julia Roberts. Oh. I genuinely, that's right there. Um, because, you know, they're, they're in bed and Margaret ends up sharing all these, these personal things with Andrew, how her parents passed away when she was young. So she got swallows as a tattoo and how she cried in the washroom when Bob called her a poisonous oh, bitch. Yeah. And we really learned that this this person is really sensitive and it is sort of the the classic cliche that the people who put up the biggest walls around their emotions only do that because they have a lot of emotional distress in their past um and then when when Betty White um is setting Margaret up with the dress and you can tell that she she hasn't felt these family moments for a long time she hasn't had this connection and it's really getting to her emotionally and the performance like if if not someone like Sandra Bullock, it would have I think fell totally flat. Mm, I agree. Only a Sandra Bullock or a Julie Roberts could mm, really yep. pull off this character arc of I am a a quote poisonous bitch. <laughs> yeah. Turning into a wow, like you are you're so human. I understand why you were so mean and so rude and, and so shut cutthroat. Off. Yeah, and so yeah. shut off. And and it is a believable uh, point of view that you relate to a little bit. Okay, that's deep. My honorable mention is <laughs> Betty White because she's funny as all hell in this movie. Oh, she is funny as Literally, all Literally, she's my honorable mention because I freaking love her and the delivery of her lines in this movie is freaking fantastic. If it was a different old lady, it wouldn't have been the same. It had to no, be Betty White. No, it had to be Betty yeah. White. I'm so happy that they chose her to be in this movie. <laughs> I wish there was actually more Betty White in the movie. Yeah, but yeah, yours was really deep. Mine's just the fact that I really like Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like Betty White. There's also a, you know what, let's let's tease this. We're probably going to put it up on our social media somewhere. Oh yeah, this is good. There's like a behind the scenes, like it's all acted out, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like Sandra Bullock and Betty White bullying the hell out of Ryan Reynolds <laughs> behind the scenes. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, my name is Ryan. Get me a cup of coffee. No, my name's Ryan. We've, we've, we've been working together for weeks. Months, actually. Months now. Dan, you've been a terrible assistant that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm not an assistant, Betty. I, don't, I mean, I play an assistant in the movie, and I'm an actor in real life, and you should, you should, you should know when that. When Betty White says she wants a cup of coffee, you get her a a cup of coffee. You ab-crunching jackass. Oh, yeah, We're definitely okay. posting it. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. What should have been? Ooh. Okay, so I've got like one and a half. I'll okay. do my half first. Okay. I haven't thought this out at all. <laughs> I just think we should have had a really quick side plot where Betty White's character finds some love. Oh, that would have been cute. You're going to say cute, but oh, I okay. immediately thought maybe with Ramon. Oh. No? Is that a no? I, you know, you could kind of feel it in the movie that it could happen, so... I think you could feel it with anybody and Ramon, you know? I think Ramon should have ended up with Melissa McCarthy's character in the movie The Heat, Detective Shannon Mullins. Time out. Is Sandra Bullock not also in The Heat? She is. Whoa. Yeah. We got some multiple timelines yes. going on then. Um, I feel like she would bring a lot of passion and spice to their relationship, and I mean... I think he's a little a little wild, so I think it would have been a really, really great fit. 
Now that you've said Melissa McCarthy, I feel like any Melissa McCarthy character <laughs> and Ramon work out. Like I'm picturing Bridesmaids. Yes. Yes, oh, I can't remember her name. Oh my god. Like she is wild and intense in yep. a certain way that that I think would fit with Ramon's character. Like remember I... she ends up dating an air marshal yes. at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know? Um my full what should have been is Grace Paxton, Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. should have ended okay. up with Pastor Dan from Four Christmases. Oh, I mean, isn't that already a match made in heaven to begin with? So, Mary Steenburgen also played the mom in that movie. Yes. As we said. And she was dating Pastor Dan, played by Dwight Yoakam, in that movie. So basically, I'm saying that that's a better relationship than the father in in this movie. Uh, Side note, though, I do want to bring it up. I can't remember if we talked about this before. How in that episode, Four Christmases, we talked at length about how Tim McGraw was in the film. And, oh, wow, he's a country music star and he did such a great job. And we didn't even know he was in there. Acting. Yeah. And yet Dwight Yoakam is a country music star. And yes, we totally he's famous. Just, yeah, he's, he's famous for that before <laughs> Yeah, acting. before he was an actor. And we got we got a few Instagram DMs. You can follow us at Romcom Rewind, by the way. Being like, how did you mention Tim McGraw and not Dwight Yoakam? I think we may have mentioned it before, but I'm mentioning it now. Mm-hmm. Apologies. But hey, thank you. You know what? If there's anything in our podcast that you disagree with or that you notice we missed or that you agree with and you want to tell us about it, we love chatting with uh, with you on our Instagram. So it's at Romcom Rewind. What do we have now? Uh, thirst. Thirst Factor. Ryan Reynolds. He takes his shirt off once. Oh, like I believe he belongs on my... Mount Rushmore. Whoa. Yeah. Can we say it? Yes. Ryan Reynolds is a 10 out of 10. We have Ryan Gosling. Yeah. We have Jude Law. Yes. And now in spot number three, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Goes on Sarah's Mount Rushmore of (laughs) rom-com men. Yeah. Pencil it in, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo. He's a 10 out of 10 in this movie. Yeah. Well, he's a 10 out of 10. In general. In general. Rewatchability for this one. 9.3. Yeah, wow, I had a 9.2. It is such a good watch. There aren't a whole lot of things bad with this movie. It's a good watch. It's a fun movie to watch. Um, it's It's a good time. It, like, the only thing that it's missing, and it's funny, I, I think... Oh, a, a dress-up montage? That's what was missing. Well, we had the, the wedding dress scene. <gasps> eh, it's not really, like, it's like you know, a half, fun. There yeah. was no music to it. Ryan Reynolds, Andrew Paxton, has that big speech at the end, and it is really cute, but it's not like, you know, when we think of the one moment from this movie, we don't think of the, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking right. him to love her. Yes, We're yes. not, you know, it's it's not one of those monumental... We think of a more comedic... Right, right, which isn't a bad thing, no. but it's just not um, as timeless, I think. But it's still a, a fantastic movie. Agreed. 9.2 for me. So let's even it out to a 9.25. Perfect. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind podcast of The Proposal. If you are uh, listening to us on Spotify, please make sure that you follow. If it's on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Um, If you want to connect with us, you can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts. um, Or you can follow us at Rom-Com Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.